0: Good morning, Aaron O'Rourke and Steven Siebert. Good morning, Good Dan morning. Landon and Aaron O'Rourke. Good morning. This is this is crazy. It's a little after 7.30. We're at your house, all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's here in Tennessee, and we're doing a Dulcet podcast. Is this against the codes? Well, some of the way we're dressed. I'm wearing slippers, actually, right now. I'm just glad your
1: toenails are covered.
0: Yeah, I know. And you are you have nothing on your feet. And Aaron?
2: I- I'm I'm all
1: good in showering. Aaron's, Aaron's showered got these skater shoes. Are those skateboard shoes? They
2: are. I've had these, I think, since I was in high school.
1: I know. And yeah. I thought of you yesterday. I thought of your shoes yesterday. Because I yeah, went like to the you- skate shop in Chattanooga. And I went in there. And they've got all kinds of cool shoes in there. And I want some of them, but I was thinking I don't want people to think that Seaford's trying to be like you. That Moore. makes sense.
0: You I know get what that. I mean? You can't control what people think. For instance, I would have thought that you would have had on uh, like Captain America pajamas today, but the Spider Man. I sort of get it now.
2: That's not true. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I wear normal boxers and a plain T-shirt.
2: What? How do you know that?
1: I don't <laughs> know that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? This thing you said though—that's just launch on shoes. No, on i don't want you to think oh no as a musician oh no as a musician yeah okay
1: that's a bad frame of mind i don't want you to think that i
2: yep i don't want them to think that (laughs) huh well actually that does take me back to something that you said to me a long time ago, the advice, the great advice that you gave to me when I was oh 16 or I 17. I didn't write all that down. No, it just really stuck with me. Um, you said uh, something along the lines of, uh, I was, I'm going to tell you something that people said to me, and I think this is terrible advice. Keep right? the accent, please. <laughs> that is not my accent. I don't care. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> you said... You said that when you were when you were young and just starting out on the dulcimer, uh, people always told you to do your own thing, do your own thing. And you like, said, yeah. that's terrible advice. <laughs> and you said, everyone that does something cool is usually trying to copy someone else. At first. At first, right. And either finds that they can't do it or discover something else in the process. And we talked about a few people. Emulation so you, you, and right. then innovation. Right. And... Um, and that was really funny because at the time, I think a lot of people told me either I played like Don Petty because I was copying him pretty hard, or I played like you. Wow! Because I would go into this other mode and kind of copy you. you so bit. it was
1: either Don mode or Steve mode. Yeah, where you and were I hadn't
2: copy. Mode. I hadn't, I hadn't mixed the two at the time.
1: And so you were probably kicking butt, and you go sit down in front well, of some. A, adult. That sounds a little arrogant of you, knowing no, no, that no, I was no, copying you. But no, 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 no. You, but, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. Listen, you're okay. sitting down and you're just playing well. Okay, and that and you, you were how old?
2: I think I was like seventeen. That's
1: insane. And 18. then some adult from the Dulcimer community sits you down mm-hmm. and says, "Well, that's all fine and dandy, but you really need to try to develop your own style." Right. That and I, my advice to you was that person doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, pretty much. That's an interesting thing to have told you when you're seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was encouraging you to keep emulating. If you're good, yeah. it's, this was always my theory. You don't need to try to sound like yourself. I just right. remember for me, I was like, don't live under the pressure of that other person's mm-hmm. idea. I will sound like myself soon enough.
0: But sounding like yourself can be. You'd want to
2: sound like somebody else that can be yourself. And-
1: it can morph over time. It can turn into a new surprise. Well, Who knows?
2: I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I don't. I don't think I sound much like you anymore. I don't, I don't think either. I sound like Don. Except Petty. for when you
0: do that that
2: imitation. Thing. Yeah, that- except for that imitation thing. But I don't think I would sound. The way I do today, if I hadn't gone through the process of trying to copy you and And trying to copy. And you
1: can tell this morning when we played a little, I've been trying to copy some of your stuff. Now, somebody might say, when they just hear me starting to do those arpeggios, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's Aaron's thing. (laughs) Hey, get off my back. I'm trying to learn something. I'm having a little fun. Is there really anybody that would say that? Yes. Yes. Now, they're not going to say it to me now because I've been playing for so long. But if you're a 17-year-old kid, you betcha. Now, why do they do it? They actually mean well. They really do. But there's something like that happened with Schnaufer, more more with him than anybody. You got a nine-year-old. Now, let's even make it an eight-year-old. You got an eight-year-old kid who's doing an incredible job of copying Schnaufer. He's just amazing. And you got a 45-year-old man telling him he's doing a good job, but he really ought to start to develop his own style. Hey, the dude is eight. He's playing better schnaufer than schnaufer is, better than any of us are going to do. Leave him alone. He's going to be okay. What mm-hmm. is that thing where they're kind of, it's a mixture of I want to help this kid out, but it's also this funny thing. I don't know. What's wrong with copying and schnaufer when you're eight or when you're 40? Well, we could, if we
0: overanalyze this thing we could come up with some things that are wrong but i think there are more things right than wrong what if it doesn't matter it kind of doesn't matter and the kid is going to be himself or herself because they have different muscle structure you know they're they're Arms aren't the same length, the way they stand, the things that interest them, what gets them excited when they listen to the music. Or they go through a life change, or who knows. Now, I mean, you could have somebody who was, you know, somewhere on some spectrum disorder, spectrum, (laughs) spectrum, who, who seriously only has the ability to do one thing, like a savant. Right. And that person truly could become like a. Paper, you know, like playing back a recording of schnoffer because that's all they did. I say if they're well, happy
1: doing that, great.
0: But it, but it might be devoid. You know, it, it just it's it's not going to have the same feel because part, oh. part of Schnuffer was watching Schnuffer. Part of Seaford's watching Seaford. Yeah, but I no can sound guarantee. just like you. My head can't do the weird things that yours does when you play that with that chicken necking thing you do. The chicken necking,
2: chicken necking, oh. well, chicken they- neck for us now, Steve.
0: He's doing it right now. You guys just picture it.
2: <laughs> well, in the in the bluegrass guitar world, there are there's no shortage of guitar players that you'll meet in the campground at a festival that are doing almost exclusively note for note Tony Rice solos. And whenever a fiddle tune or a certain song comes up at a jam, they know note for note how he recorded this solo on this album and to some extent that extends to other guitar players in their library but there are there are a lot of guitar players that when they're playing a song they go okay what solo am I going to grab from what sure. album yeah.
0: I think that's okay I, I look that
1: I look at that like a rudiment mm-hmm. I do too mm-hmm. it's like but it can also be you're visiting some like sometimes I'll do a david thing just to reminisce about david sure it might be a lick yeah. it might be a whole song You know, like um, now if I play a David arrangement, it's never a David arrangement because I can't do the David arrangement. It's it's my take on it, you know. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is somebody who wouldn't know the difference between the two telling me I should maybe quit doing so much David stuff, and I'm thinking Uh if you could tell, if you could really see the details, you'd know I'm not. Yeah, yeah, but what if that person who's telling you that
0: is just – imitating their mentor who told them that
2: oh that's no we just we, we
0: just,
1: just got can deep we keep how deep, to deep music? does that go yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can we keep this to music it's yeah. hard
2: to talk about music without going into some psychology
1: yeah here's the new podcast guys listen to the model dan goes into something wacky i pick on dan <laughs> hey i don't want you Aaron thinking Aaron i always oh, no, no. Dan. <laughs> that's the new model generally Dan, Aaron, don't give me that generally business. Don't talk
0: to Dan like that. <laughs> <laughs> generally. This is this is interesting because the three of us in this room together, Aaron, as argumentative as our relationship is.
1: But he's polite?
0: No. I'm talking about me and you. Oh. As yeah. argumentative as you and I have always been with each other, challenging really? each other, Aaron is more likely to challenge me than you are. But I'm more likely to smack you than he is. Yeah, you get violent. I'm less likely (laughs) to insult you in the process. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Or hang up on me or something
2: like
1: that. I think it's because of the age gap. Really? Yeah. So Hmm. I'm closer to Dan's age. Yeah. So you look at him like a sort of like a grandfather figure. Um.
2: I don't think, so. I, mean, I don't I don't think don't, so. I don't think I would challenge my grandfather if, if he were alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think like, he
0: would be, no. No, yeah. I think Aaron is just uh, Aaron, you know, and you're just you. Boy, yeah, this
1: one, this 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 shift in topic is lost. It's man.
0: not a shift in topic. We're still back to I don't want you to think. Yes, yeah, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but when the three of us are together... There's that dynamic that happens also when you're playing. It's different if Aaron and I are working on a piece together or we're working on it. It feels like we're you're the uh, only added ingredient right now. It could be a different ingredient. It could be somebody else. that uh, The dynamic changes, uh, especially, I think, even more so
1: usually with males. Are you trying to save the topic? No, not at all. So this is going well. This topic is going well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep going then. Okay. <laughs> so there's, there's a psychological barrier that exists on no, some type of internal no. level.
0: I, my point at the beginning was, when you say, well, I'm going to do this because I don't want people to think
1: this. Right. I think you're making a mistake. You're starting from... Are you always making a mistake? Or eh, it, maybe not. I mean, you might you actually never, be, Aaron told me yesterday, you should never underestimate your audience. I
2: was quoting someone. Yes. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: And I do think that we can set out to teach our audience something about us. You know, something about, like, I want, I I think it's better to come from this place. I want my audience to, to know that and then fill in the blank. Or I want to show this audience that. You have to educate your audience to some extent. About you because they don't know you. For instance, instead of saying I don't want my audience to think that all I do every time I get on the stage is a different variation of an improvised "bile them cabbage down," mm-hmm. you know, maybe you have overdone that.
1: You know, maybe you really have. Which one of us are you saying I'm has not just really I'm, overdone if, if that? If the shoe fits, <laughs> he, he looked at both of us. <laughs> <laughs> if the shoe fits, that's all I'm saying. Uh, you you know, know, comedians sometimes I heard a comedian say this. He said, there's certain jokes I do that get a laugh, but it's mm-hmm. only because the audience happens to know and trust me. Some other comedian That's does right. that same joke, nobody laughs. He says, I try not to do those jokes. He said, I want to do jokes that would be funny no matter who I am. And I'm not saying I want to emulate that, but it highlights the the reality that the once the audience is on your side, you can get away with You've more. you got some leeway. So when we mm-hmm. talk about educating your audience about you, it's a little bit like getting them on your side, and then you can do the weird new thing you're composing and probably get away with it. Not you, necessarily, Aaron.
2: <laughs> 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 hmm. I don't know, because there are... <sighs> Not necessarily in the realm of performance, but in teaching, Dan, I, I know I've know i sat in on some of your classes, and you've said some things to people where Uh-oh. I remember thinking, there's no way I could get away with that. Really? No way. Yeah. Like, oh, no. there would okay, be Aaron a strong reaction. Keep going. Reaction. Keep going. <laughs> Give us an example. And I think it was when oh, I first... No. I think it was... Uh, uh, one of the one of the first festivals that I overlapped with you on. I mean, in the first few years, and I remember saying, "Like, are you afraid you're going to get in trouble at some point?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to get in trouble." <laughs> but, hmm. huh?
1: Now, is this like when a good teacher pushes the, the student to, but has their oh, trust also? No, or? I,
2: I, th- I th- remember thinking at the time. I think it's because, much like the comedian that said, "People will laugh because they trust me." I remember thinking there's something about the way that Dan's delivering this that comes off as good natured. Like you could be really profoundly blunt without being hurtful. Uh, Does that make sense? And- yeah,
0: there might be a little bit mixed up in that that you were perhaps being a bit over careful But he might have rewarded okay. them
1: before and after the comment too or who knows. Not
0: just before and after. This is going to sound completely self-serving, but I love my students. Yeah, They're yeah. taking an effort to try mm-hmm. to learn this instrument that they had to tune and carry and mm-hmm. they might have they might be at the place where they've realized oh my goodness i spent so much money on this and this is hard you know so i love them but i'm not going to tell them things that are going to leave them stuck at a place where they don't have any chance of getting better. right, right? sure so some that's blunt yeah I mean that that could come across as blunt. And if you take too much time in the class doing that, then it's like a podcast. It's yeah. not like a lesson. You know, the pod, this is where we get to have these kinds of conversations, sure. it's not when you're teaching. So, yeah, I you might have heard me and I've said it a few times to advanced classes. You guys aren't able to do things. You're playing an instrument with two sticks and you aren't able to do things that would get a
1: 5th grader into sixth grade band playing a snare drum. You know, yeah, basic but, kinds of things. Yeah, and yeah. I get your point, and I use that same one, but at the same time, it's two different things. What if we mean? took that adult and put them in that class, you know, in two or three weeks, they'd probably be handling whatever the band is doing.
0: Right, and the point is, I want to get but them They to, can do
1: things that that sixth grader can't do. Yet. Oh,
0: absolutely. But I want to get them to the place that they realize these these fundamentals, these rudiments, if you want to look at it that way aren't something that you can gloss over because it seems like it's elementary stuff. It's the most important stuff. And so I'm trying to shock them into going back to the beginning and starting over. I
1: got a paper at home that says basically when you're having the kind of day where you kind of want to give up, do these things. Number one says drink some water. Two says, you know, and there's stuff on there like try to go to bed on time tonight. Get up tomorrow. Do one good thing. It's this whole list of ways basically not to be hopeless. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, in music, the basics for me seem to have a similar effect. If I'm a little down musically for some reason, I can return to my root my rudiments. And it just seems like the sun comes out a little bit for me musically. Hmm. The the basics are a wonderful way to rejuvenate and to to pr- to give to give some energy to my ideas
2: and stuff. Interesting. I actually just kind of went through a uh, as we're prone to doing getting kind of bummed about music in general. And for me it was really a matter of I'm kind of bored of sounding like me. Yeah, like,
1: that's a really good one.
2: Yeah, yeah. So what what I if if I go back to to basics, I
1: you get depressed? Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I knew um, you were going to say so, that.
2: Well, so, Dan, I remember telling you uh, when I knew I was kind of in this weird funk and I just wanted something something to pull me out of it. And I went on YouTube and I uh, I decided I was going to look up uh, instructional videos for different instruments. And I found some slap bass videos, and oh, I, yeah. I don't pay, I don't play slap bass. I I've, I've got, got no wonder. interest yeah. in it at all. But there were some patterns that I found they were doing that that's cool. uh, that were pretty cool, and got me working, and kind of got me out of my funk and excited again.
1: So it got you out of your funk, but it also maybe helped you get into your funk, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, a... I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm down, <laughs> I'm down with that. Spot on. Yes. <laughs>
2: so. Are you the moderator?
1: No. but What, I if, did, what I, if Aaron was the moderator? That'd just be for fine. for a second.
2: You know, that's really funny, because I, I told him, I told my wife at one point, you know, I, I'm totally fine talking one-on-one to Steve, totally fine talking one-on-one oh, to no. Dan. There's no way I'm talking to both of them at the same time. I, I we put this, him in the center, too. He's in between the two of us. <laughs> I said this matter. more than a year ago. <laughs>
1: it doesn't matter where we put him. He's always in the center. He's always because in the we're, center, Because yeah. he's more moderate than you. Well, there's three I. people. Let's not get into politics. Sure. yeah um,
0: Potentially... Touchy subject, but in our after our last podcast, there was a an exchange between you and
1: Aaron. A little bit of a thing that went back and forth. Oh, there was. Yeah. No, and- it, it was me tr- trying to make sure he wasn't thinking something. <laughs> 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 That's my point. I would love to read it. We don't have it here, do we? No, uh, no but. Well, let me say it. Can I say it? Like I texted it to him. Well, before we do that,
0: I wanna to go to the end of it. So you're saying something to Aaron. Aaron's saying something to you. You're going back and forth. You also at the same time are, are dealing with some, you know, real life, you know, things that are it's hard. It's called a
1: divorce.
0: Well I didn't want to say that. <laughs> that's what it's so done. okay. So Steve's dealing with this and it's hard on him and we both are friends with Steve and don't want to cry right now, but it's hard, and we all know it, you know, that he's going through this. And Aaron's like, I don't know if I ought to, if I ought to push this very far right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right? You know, well, and we had this conversation. I'm like, no, no, no. Steve's push con- what? Well, what, this conversation that you guys are having about, well, I do this, and I don't want you thinking this. You
1: mean and- when we were texting yeah. each other, you were yeah. saying, I don't want to go too far with this. Maybe. Because Steve's unstable. No, no, not, not unstable. <laughs> no, 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 no. No.
0: But, but it's, it's like, like, let's say somebody's in an automobile. I want to hear it. But it's, let's say somebody's in an automobile accident and he's lying in the bed and you're going to see him and, you know, and their arm and legs crushed. And you go, man, it's going to be really hard for you to fix your flat picking now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's funny. It seems like a bad idea. No, the whole thing stemmed <laughs> out of this. As we were talking about last podcast, go listen to it, that um, I was talking about wanting to, we were talking about competition.
2: And and playing accompaniment.
1: Or playing lead. Mm-hmm. And the, th- the the comment you said for me that got my attention was, you said when you're in a situation where you feel like somebody's trying to show you up, you get depressed. Is that what you said? So actually, yeah. Now here's the Didn't... thought. I got to tell you. Let me get it out because I won't be able to remember it. I immediately thought, I hope I don't ever do the wrong thing. Well, let me get it all out. Sure. <laughs> I hope I don't ever do the wrong thing with when I'm with Aaron. And because maybe I'm I'm the old guy trying to do something fancy, and Aaron's over there going, "You pitiful old man." You trying to you're into this competition thing and you can't even get the licks right and then you become saddened by the state of humanity over <laughs> my inability to do an adequate solo or backing up job. So I texted you all this being like, "Hey, I I think I think we're doing okay sometimes, you know?" And then you texted back.
2: I read it in that voice, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't know that I didn't think that you were necessarily talking about us, but I guess I had this idea like I like playing with Aaron. Like mm-hmm. I said, I want to be on the team. I want to be mm-hmm. a player. Yeah. And, and uh, so I texted you to just see, you know, how are we doing there, buddy?
2: <laughs> no, I, I actually didn't take it as uh, <laughs> as that at all. <laughs> and that's not what I was trying to say in, in the last podcast. Who either. knows what's going on And here. I would also <laughs> amend um, the... Uh, uh, an amendment the, yeah the, the statement that i get depressed when i feel like people are trying to show me up i didn't say some, that right but, way, you know. but i would I, I tend to get depressed in some competitive musical settings there's a competition going
1: yeah. on that's not a positive competition right it's yeah. a it's a toxic competition mm-hmm. and i want to know what that is what's the toxic competition but i would
2: also i would also say that uh I have been in in some groups and some some musical settings where maybe at, at least as far as playing lead, there was some kind of maybe there was some kind of competition. You saying a like little a bit band of, you were in or something. Yeah. Well I was in a I was in a group uh, called Free Hugs that was just total improvisation. We would hit song heads, but we were playing as background noise for three hours. Was that noise uh, music or what? No, it wasn't noise music. I mean we would actually play songs, but we would just we didn't know how we were gonna get from one to the other or what songs we were gonna play. We would just improvise our way through a three hour set and it was it was great fun. But um the uh The violin player was the one of the, the best improvisers I've ever had the the pleasure of playing with. He'd studied with Stefan Grappelli and played with Stefan Grappelli. And yeah, he was crazy, crazy good. Um, but uh, uh, I would try and learn from him on the spot. Uh, if I heard him doing something, I would try and incorporate just one little element. Well lets him know you're listening. Yeah. To. Of what, what he was doing. And so whenever he and he was a good listener himself. He would hear that I did that and then try and take it a step further. So there was this little almost almost kinda gunslinging thing, but I don't think that ever got in the way of the music. Really it I was think a, it when was we a were a good thing you're saying. When whenever we weren't taking solos, whenever we were playing backup, our goal was still to add something to support whoever was playing lead and i guess this the settings that i f- that i find myself getting kind of depressed in is where you when that's the, not happen- rappel- no, like no 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 exactly. that was exciting Yeah, but, that but can in scare a, a person. No, in a setting where i feel like the competition does get in the way of the music where the person if they're playing accompaniment isn't trying to be in a supportive role or add something yes yeah, so to when it. i heard
1: you say all that i asked myself am i giving air in any of this trouble and I don't think I am. I don't feel like you're trying
2: to show me up. No, But,
1: but this is so God. weird. So this is how we started the podcast about
2: what you think somebody thinks. <laughs> Dan looks really satisfied with himself right now.
1: I am. <laughs> this is how we get to know each other. But see This is good. When I'm when I'm playing with like I can honestly say I never feel like I'm competing with Dan. Number one, hold on tight so you're not thrown to the wolves. That's the way I feel when I'm playing with you. Or ask him what the name of a court is. (laughs) He tells you the wrong key. Number two, give Dan a reason to want to play with you again. You know, those are the two things that think I want to survive. And I want you to enjoy yourself. And I guarantee you I'm thinking that with you. Cool, now, whether yeah. it comes across that way or whether it works out, that's a different matter.
2: Uh, I, I absolutely believe you. Hmm. I don't want people getting all
1: depressed, you know, when we're up there on stage. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
0: But you do know what people are. You You got to know somebody's headspace just a little bit.
1: Oh, I don't want to guess on Aaron's Headspace, honestly. No,
0: we, but some people are easier to, there's less of a guess.
1: Well, like and if somebody's in a coma,
0: <laughs> we don't that, really. That's not what I'm saying. I've, <laughs> You and I have played together multiple times, and there have been times where. But we have issues external to the hold music. Hold on. There have been times where <laughs> we were relaxed, and we, we knew what we were going to do, or it was we didn't know what we were going to do, but the material itself was so familiar that. We just had something simple that we you know, we had to accomplish. But there've been other times where it was hot and we're running late to get to the gig. We gotta set up all this stuff, the sound check doesn't go well. And it's in those sorts of times you probably don't need to tell the other person what your expectations are.
1: Well, you know... When <laughs> things, this is not going to work out well. When things would <laughs> get rough on us, rightly so, you would resort to doing your solo thing more because we had to survive the gigs. So mm. Things are ugly. Dan's just going to kick into autopilot and, and, and get through this. And so in those situations, I definitely was along for the ride musically, I think, more.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's funny, you know, that... Uh, that, no, I don't want to change topics yet. Do, do you guys need? Do you need to talk about
1: this some more? Do you feel like? Okay, I mean, can I t- Here is something you need to know. I thought you All did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here is some, here's something you need to know. When I was coming up, I am mm-hmm. coming up. When I was coming up in the dulcimer world, <laughs> um, there were some older, you know, players who were very supportive of me. There were some others that did not like me. Now, why did they not like me? Could have been my personality, so we'll give them credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> but there, every once in a while, there's somebody where I really thought, I think this person doesn't like me because I'm a good musician, and they feel hmm. threatened. Now, that could be all made up in my head. But there was a number of people that were cold to me mm-hmm. and Till I showed some affection to their playing, and then they, then then we started to get on a little better. But at first, I felt serious co- competition, you know. It was, I hate that we keep using this word, but it was totally toxic where I was thinking, what is wrong with this person mm-hmm. that my playing is threatening that much? Now, maybe it's arrogant of me to presume that, but I'm pretty sure there was a few instances where it was a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So you got the young guy and you got the old guys. I don't want to be one of the jerk old guys to you, you know. <laughs> I want to be somebody who's helpful, you know. But part of me is like, the jerk old guy doesn't know he's the jerk old guy. <laughs> and yeah. so I got to check myself before I wreck myself.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I, I I don't think you're the jerk old guy. And if you weren't so awkward about hugs, I'd give you a hug right now. I, but it's okay. I don't he's mind hugging you, he but I ain't be holding Really? You. Yeah, he's he's better than he used
1: to be. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I am better because really? I decided the hug's not about me. It's often about the other person. Oh, okay. But I, I well, I'm good. I don't want to hold you, right? That makes sense. So what's the difference? When does it go from a hug to I'm holding Aaron? I don't. I
2: think you're overthinking. All right, anyway, you should just you assume it say, never leads back to into what the ladder. Saying.
1: You were saying. I uh, uh,
2: I can't recall a time before uh, you questioned when it goes from a hug to holding me. (laughs) He's offended by your old band. Okay,
1: (laughs) What if it was free hold? That'd be like, all right, well, here's another one. Creepy old guy. I don't want to be creepy old guy. And creepy old guy doesn't know he's creepy old guy. He's given these women hugs, these extended hugs. Right that he's not given to another creepy old guy. You don't ever see the creepy old if, guys hugging each other that way. Sometimes. So I don't as a performer and I I would say a leader in this this arena and may, and maybe somebody who's got the job of encouraging people and and uh, I don't want to be hugging people too long. Hmm. But before before we, let's get back to the topic, but before <laughs> you know if somebody's <laughs> uncomfortable
0: with a hug. I mean, you know, and if you continue to hug them, and I, they I don't need seem to probe everybody's <laughs> and, and hug level they seem to be resisting. It's probably a good guy to time to release the hug. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I have learned this. <laughs> Look, if Aaron, Aaron if See, you and i that's another one of those things where I was like, Wow, Dan gets away with stuff. <laughs> well, he forces it on
1: people. But listen Aaron, <laughs> no. If you and if let's say you were having a hard time about something. Like for real, Mm -hmm. I could hug you, and mean it, and it might be a longer hug than usual, (laughs) and you might be okay with it. I'm okay with it. Um, In that context, I think it's a good thing. You know, you're just trying to get through the day, and I'm like, you know, I want to say this, but I don't want to do this at a Dollsimer Festival just to say hi to somebody. Sure, yeah, but but women love to hug. I think you're overthinking this and generalizing a lot. Can we get back to the original idea, which was Aaron and I? I don't want to be, I don't want to be the jerk older musician. That was the main idea.
2: That's your concern. My concern now is hugger. that maybe, maybe I hug people too much. Oh, so right now you're <laughs> off on this. And now I'm, I'm worried about what people think of me when I go in for. Oh, they're
0: hugging. They're really hugging. No, no actually, he's holding. Me. He's got
3: holding, <laughs> He's holding me.
2: I'm holding. That my was long
1: coffee. enough, Steve. That was long enough, right there. Yeah, that was good. So you know, if there was a camera on us, it would be okay to hug him that long. But seeing how. I mean, this is just not going to ever work. Yeah, you need to get back in your chair,
2: Steve. (laughs) Thank you. Maybe we should all just look inward now. (laughs) So uh, do we get to edit this podcast
1: at all? No, we don't do that. All right. No, that was a simple one-armed YMCA hug. A YMCA.
2: <laughs> I got, like, That's the worst possible. I got the one armed.
1: But. No, no. I worked yeah. for the YMCA in the summer camps. So we uh-huh. were told no two arm hugs. Period. Oh yeah, attorneys. yeah. That was a side. That was a side hug. Yeah. That was a. That was a legally safe hug. You were basically in the same position you would be in if we
0: were lining up to get our photo taken at a high school reunion.
3: Right. All right, let's. is my on. old
1: buddy. I'm holding his shoulder. Kind of thing. Nice. I think it was appropriate. You know, I like hugs, but I'm just, I don't want to be the creepy old guy. Okay, so. Yeah. What's the
2: deal now? I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> but I know we've, we were talking about accompaniment and part, maybe part of what, what you're feeling and maybe some of what I'm projecting without realizing it we're is. We're a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it, I said in the last podcast that, that for me, playing accompaniment is more intense than playing a lead. Um, and because, you texted
1: a little clarity on that, Right. you said.
2: Yeah, I said something along the, the lines of, uh, um, in addition to playing, you're also listening and reacting in real time in a musical way that makes sense. And, and when you're from, playing
1: lead, you kind of trust everybody else to do that for you. Right.
2: Yeah, because it's their job playing accompaniment, or at least that's how I see it. Um, I've spent a lot more time thinking about accompaniment than I have solos. And I think for that reason, I've probably developed a lot of opinions <laughs> about playing accompaniment and a lot of preferences in that way. Um, and so maybe some of what you're maybe some of what you're getting like right before we play and and i try and say hey like i want this oh i I always appreciate that okay okay
1: but i always wondered is aaron afraid to ask me for that because he's thinking is steve gonna be
2: one of these jerk older people
0: no see you're thinking again. You're thinking. I don't. I wonder what he's thinking. I don't want him thinking.
2: Yeah, if you were, if you weren't thinking, you wouldn't have thought that.
1: Like that, we were just playing in the other room, and we just did something I thought was special and unique mm-hmm. that I'd never heard before. It was so.
0: As I was in here setting up mics and stuff. I mean, I was, I was
1: thinking, I wish I could sneak
0: in there and record what you guys are doing because it's more interesting than the conversation see, we're it, having right now. <laughs> it, it wasn't
1: where it needs to be to be respectable. But it sure. was hinting at something that's very unique and yeah, special. But it's mm-hmm. where you need to. What but you guys I were doing? But then I was worried about what he was thinking, right? But really?
0: what you guys were doing is this. This is way oversimplifying, but it's a story I love. It's of the guy who's gone a lot, and he comes back home, and he's got a four-year-old, and the four-year-old meets him at the door and says, "Daddy, guess what I learned to do while you were gone?" And he says, "What?" And she says, "I learned to write." And he's like. Oh, that's awesome, you know. And can you show me, you know, what you wrote? And she hands him this piece of paper that's just marks and scribbles, you know, like like a kid does. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, that's beautiful. What beautiful writing. And she says, thank you, Daddy. What does it say? (laughs) You know, and I think what it says is that you are doing the things that are necessary to be able to do this complicated thing. And that's why what you guys were doing in there, I wish I could have recorded it because that's the essence of how you get better. You're like. That was a moment that I can
1: feed off of for years, actually. Yeah, okay. it was clear.
0: You were focused. I don't. I mean, even though you're kind of joking about this, but it didn't seem at all like you were focused on, oh man, I hope Aaron knows that I can do this same thing that he can do. And no, but it no. went through
1: my head that he might be thinking that. But when really. You were was, focused on doing. I was spe- rushing to get some ideas out to get some feedback to give me something to work on and to be sure. encouraged about well that's yeah. that's but how why I, was I even worried that he was thinking something crazy I
0: think that's a habit I mean don't we that's want to be funny. the kind of people who are we want to be we want to be likable but we also want to not care whether or not other people like us
1: yeah, mm-hmm. but I want them both I want both
0: I think that's possible hmm
1: Well, and when I said to Aaron, I was like, that was cool what we just did. And he had a pause and a kind of blankness to him. And I was and panicked. That's my standard. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of his face. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no. But I gave you the benefit of the doubt. But a part of me was like, oh, maybe it's terrible. And I'm just, I don't see it, you know. But I tell you what, if we do what we did in there and we don't drop tempo and we're tight and we're listening to each other, I think,
2: I honestly think... It would be awesome. See, this is why I hug people a lot so that they know I'm not judging them in a negative oh. way. Oh. Yeah. So you have that's to compensate thing. with hugs. Yeah, that's that's all I got. I can't use my <laughs> face. <laughs> but no, for for me that was a lot of fun cuz I think that's the first time that I can remember in maybe years, maybe ever that we've had the chance to just kind of rapid fire Exchange ideas on well, what we've we been it, working on.
1: We we did a little bit of it when we were in, um, Alabama, in Georgia at that little hotel in the middle of nowhere when I spilled apple juice in your dulcimer, which somebody else bought, and now they say it smells moldy. That's Really? The truth. That's the truth. It smells moldy? Who bought it?
2: uh dusty uh daniel thornburn that's right it smells moldy
1: now i don't know if i'm exaggerating or he was exaggerating but i just saw him in santa cruz and he he mentioned the story about the apple juice and then he said something about a smell so it, it's, i screw that one up i'm sorry well, oh, i don't man. did i cough did i
2: choke I, I wouldn't have sold it to him if i thought that it no was moldy. i don't i think I, i'm overplaying this and maybe okay i don't I, I, I want to email him or something. Just check and make sure that there's not like you a mildew abs- My obsessive friends. Oh. <laughs> let him fly out to so
0: California and So The point give is, when we were
1: at that hotel. He's
0: probably I happy he's going, here, smell this. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is Aaron's dulcimer that Steve spilled apple juice in. Right. <laughs> he's a smart guy. He could he probably
1: is. come up with a chemical composition that would take care of the problem. That's right. does yeah. When we were at that hotel, Aaron, mm-hmm. we shared some ideas back and forth yeah and the what, the biggest thing you've done to encourage me, listen to this one, is you said to Dan, which I don't know if you knew I knew, but I think you know I know it I don't know <laughs> so somebody if somebody said to me, aaron said the and I think you said it to me, maybe, the best stuff Steve does is before he goes on stage.
2: Oh, yeah, I said that to you yeah remember, well it was but we you were somewhere said
1: it to somebody else oh
2: probably well yeah so then this is what
1: I've been doing the last couple of years is I'm like what am I doing before I go on stage and if I know you're in the audience I'm really like when you go out there you have to do you gotta be like you are before you go out on stage <laughs>
0: If you're really going to carry that weight around, you got to be so mentally strong. But it's been
1: encouraging. It's, that's a that's a tough thing. No, you know? but it's 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 something that the the, the 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 you may be strong enough that it is encouraging. The trouble mm-hmm. person is going to take that the wrong way and It'd turn be it into poison. Yeah. But I'm going to look at it like he's right, I think. I like what I do before I go out there better. Oh. But see often what's going on that. there. Is when I'm before I go on stage, I'm playing for just me, Mm -hmm. just me. I don't have to worry about what anybody thinks. And then when I go on stage, I feel at because I'm being paid, like I never believe in this idea of I'm the artist, I'm going to do whatever I want, and people can just deal with it. I mean, I understand that could be part of it, but when people start paying you, I do feel like I need to honor a little bit, I got to split the difference a little bit between what they want and what I want. Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that. What comes to mind, <laughs> Bob Dylan can do that, but I could see somebody saying,
0: I've seen Bob Dylan. Didn't understand a word he said, but you're no Bob Dylan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> now I can worry about that one. What did Dan mean by he, that? No, no,
0: no, no. I'm just saying that you're not that person. You're not that guy.
1: I, I When Aaron started coming up in the Dalsam machine, it was very important to me privately that we have a good relationship because I wanted to be an encourager and not somebody that would put a bunch of heavy stuff on him. I also, you know, why why am I fighting to have a good reaction to you being such a good player? It's because it initially starts out with me going, oh, that's pretty hot. I can't do that. That's pretty neat. And how I deal with that make, makes a big difference. Do I turn into the old jealous you know, jerk or do I get on the team? That's why I'm always saying that I want to be on the team. I want to, and also I need somebody to give me some ideas. I, I need that. I mean, you've got that in the, the guitar world.
2: Yeah. You know, well, you know, you, you said something years ago that was, uh, that was kind of for me, inspirational and defining in some ways with regard to technique. And uh, you said you decided a long time ago that you were never going to be afraid to abruptly change what you were doing if you decided that something technique-wise was holding you back. And I
1: wanted to get better. I wanted to actually develop the ability to change without it being so traumatic.
2: Right. And that was, I mean, for for me, I kind of held on to that while I was going through and continue to go through looking for inspiration. And I feel like I modify my technique. It gets more and more subtle with every everything that I learn. And I feel like it's maybe becoming a little bit more concrete. It's looking less and less likely that there will be drastic changes, but I'm not opposed I'm to I'm not them. either. Yeah.
1: But some of these drastic changes, when we were younger, we, that we thought they were more of a possibility but now, as we've become more experienced, we realize some of that stuff just not even realistic. Like some of those things are just not good ideas. but when I was younger, I was just surrounded by a million possibilities. It was like being in a prison of
2: possibilities.: So, as far as playing dulcimer goes, like what are some possibilities that you saw that maybe you look, you're, you're thinking maybe that's just a bad idea? <sighs> well,
1: playing with a tail. like I used to think if I could grow a tail. I could, <laughs> no, nobody gets this and they think I'm being an idiot but I always dreamed of having a tail that I could use as a capo a changeable capo so I could instantly have a capo somewhere or not have a capo somewhere and I got this idea from David Schnoffer. now I know I'm not going to be growing a tail at 42 <laughs> it hasn't happened yet um, now I know that sounds silly but that's the first it's a wonderful or, visual though
2: you know, here's an idea. How expensive would it be to, to attach a tail? I think they, it could they be do amazing for... things now. I know. I'm thinking a Kickstarter campaign. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's the, all three of us. We could totally be like some kind of Oh, uh, that
0: time, that. you know, like during the show where you actually lean back up and you rise up on your tail. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be killer. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, think of this one. This is a big one. That I, I, it's, it's in a holding tank. I don't know which way it should go yet. So very often when I flat pick frets one, two, and three, I got ring finger on one, middle on two, index on three. Well, mm-hmm. the worst stretch for any musician is, is the, the hardest, it's hard to get independence with the ring in the middle. So I'm using ring and middle for one and two, which happens to be the widest mm-hmm. gap on the dulcimer. Mm-hmm. Right Now, I can make it better by getting the the ring finger on one right on the fret almost, and the middle finger as far from two as I can get it without getting a negative sound. Mm -hmm. Now, why am I so good at doing that now? I worked on it all these years and believed in it, Mm -hmm. because I I had piano teachers who explained to me the problem with these fingers. Anyway, (laughs) then I meet you, and you've got this idea that the pinky can go down at one, and the middle can go down at two. That's what my teacher the index tells me. goes down at three, right? Mm-hmm. And I've done that a lot the last two years. I mean, a lot. Yeah. And I think I've gotten good at that. So now I'm at this position where both of them are pretty good. Cool. And I'm comparing them. And I'm trying to make the decision, do I drop that ring middle index? Why does it
0: have to be a decision? Why can't it be... For what I'm doing now, this is best. And
1: because for a time period, a trial period, I'll drop something and force myself okay. to rely completely on the other one to seek out. Because you really don't know how it's going to work till that's the only thing yeah, you Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, it
0: is probably... If and you, that's one yeah.
1: good reason to stay married to somebody, maybe. Well, let's <laughs> <try>
0: it. <laughs> It's probably like riding a bicycle, though. I mean, because you can get back on a bicycle and still ride it. If you've really learned this skill oh,
1: yeah, the yeah. other way, it's
0: probably still going to be there that To go back mm-hmm. to, but you have to actually be able to
1: do it. Well, first. there's the guy that made the bike where when he turns right, it actually goes left, and when he turns mm-hmm. left, it goes no. right. And it took him well, forever to learn no, how wait, to do well, it. Wait. Now actually, he can't ride a normal hey, bike. Hey,
2: bef- before <laughs> before it goes down a different bike trail. Yeah. Um. I, I I'm just curious since you said you were you worked on this and you were really good at using <laughs> ring middle index. What made you want to start using the pinky?
1: Okay, here's what made it happen. <laughs> I had a lot of faith and hope that the trouble with the ring in the middle, I saw it get better and better and better and better and better. Mm -hmm. It stopped getting better and better and better and better. Like I hit a wall. And when I did your pinky thing, even when I couldn't do it well, I Mm -hmm. was like, it's already, there's already things about this that are better. Like what? Well, one reason when I switched to it, it actually worked so well. It's because my pinky has a callus on it. It's already strong. I already used my pinky. Sure. So, I didn't have, like, if I show your concept to one of my students, they're like, oh, this is rough. My pinky. Yeah, I'm like, nah. for me, though, it was like, boom. It mm-hmm. just made perfect sense. Here's the only problem I have there's three things I like about it, but there's one I have against you. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. that the pinky, mm-hmm. when I play a one on the bass string with the pinky, it's really hard for me to not mute the middle string with this part of this high on part the bass string. Pinky. I'm fretting the bass with the pinky. Okay. And the rest of my pinky, Steve is showing the underside of It will tend to mute the middle string a little bit sometimes. So when I do ring middle index, I'm coming more straight down. When I do the pinky middle index, my fingers are a little little more more. flat and I got to be careful I don't Mm -hmm. mute the other strings. And I haven't been able to get over that yet. But the, uh, the original reason I thought I might ought to switch is this. We share a tendon between the ring and the middle finger, I'm told. And there's a few people genetically that don't have this, which I wish I was that person. But this means that you your middle and your 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 ring finger can't function independently in the way that your middle and your index do. And and the stretch, I can stretch much farther with middle index than I can with middle ring. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's not Dulcimer Geek, I don't know what is. <laughs> I'm worn out now. Well, <laughs> that was good. I was think, really yeah,
0: good. it was really good. No. I wish we had visuals. I think the, uh, not that it's that important, but the, the the bicycle analogy, the problem person is the person who never really learns to, to ride the bike and then comes up with an opinion about how they don't like, like riding bikes. It's not an effective means of transportation.
1: So they've never put the time in on it, but they've got all these opinions about it. got all these
0: opinions about it, yeah. And so that's why... Sometimes people
1: develop opinions on things that they can't do, but they pretend like they didn't do it because they didn't like it. It's a thing. Yeah. And so you telling
0: me this whole story, I'm like, okay, I can, I can buy Steve, you know, when he gets down to even thinking about the tendons involved in it Mm -hmm. and the difficulties, because you've put the time into both of them. I I can't really form an, an educated opinion about it right now, but Aaron's teaching me to play mountain dulcimer and even watching you, the thing that you did with your hand when you put it down and said the problem with the pinky, his first lessons to me for flat picking involved the way my fingers come down, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to train me so that that thing that you've got, and that's maybe a problem when you do cross discipline. It's probably if we were talking about painting, you know, if we were talking about any other discipline, and you learn one school. There's probably some difficulty switching to another. Yeah, because his idea
1: threatens this idea. That's right. Here's the Mm -hmm. idea it threatens. So if you're flat picking and you're using one, two, and three on all three strings, okay, and you're you're using ring, middle, index for one, two, three, Mm -hmm. pinky's not being used right now. My theory years ago was I should be able to move that pinky up and use it as a bar at the third fret. And then my ring middle index can still do all the cool melodic patterns I did down here in the open position. Okay. But now I'm doing it up with pinky holding down three. It's almost as if three is my new nut. Yeah. So I can have these licks that can be moved around. So I still think there's value in that. Because if you want to do the same stuff you're doing down at one, two, three with pinky middle index, if you want to do that up at four, five, and six, you, you're not going to be able to bar anything
2: because you don't have a pinky to do it. Well, I use my pinky to bar a lot. Right. And I don't think I've run into that problem. So you just use different finger
1: patterns when you bar with your pinky. Well, my you thinking... play different things.
2: I, I think I play very similar things, but I, I tend to stick in three fret patterns. So um, my hand at its most relaxed covers three frets from my pink, and I'm my trying index. to cover four that's a big difference between yeah. us
1: mm-hmm. and that's why you can play more notes than me because because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying uh, to play more notes you play I'm, plenty of notes you do <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, I'm worn out yeah and we got to wrap up I feel like we made a lot of progress today we did
1: that'll be $150 <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what it did for me is I, I want now I'm like this is what I was just thinking to myself. Oh, maybe this is one of the cool things about getting older is you you develop deeper friendships with people. That's what I
2: was just <laughs> thinking to myself.
0: I think I think it is, hopefully. Yeah. Well, thank goodness.
2: I really liked having coffee with you guys. It's morning. nice having having coffee the coffee talk. and yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Let's uh button this up.
1: So, or do you have something you need to get off your chest? Not really. Thank God. Mm, a lot of gray hair. <laughs> 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 That's about it. You know,
0: so I'm in this uh, campaign running for office thing. And it's causing me to plug into some communities that I've never been in before. Meeting people and having conversations with people who I don't know who are very opinionated about. You know, government should do this, or the city shouldn't do this, and all this. And they're stuff. not musicians. Like and they're well, not musicians. It is one hundred percent exactly the same as being at adults for a Dulcimer Festival. <laughs> 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 I think what I'm learning in this whole process is people are people wherever you go, mm-hmm. and the problems that you bring to the stage when you're trying to figure out how to play with somebody are no different than the problems somebody brings to. To a city council meeting where they're nervous about getting
1: up and saying right. something
0: in front of the council. I mean, people sure. are
1: people. So, why should it be that you and I would get along so awfully? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but I'm glad you said it so quickly it's because a it helps yeah.
0: tune. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Wow. They use hammer dulcimer sometimes. I didn't know that. Yes. It, I, I bet they sampled them. I don't
3: hmm. know. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I've learned from this podcast and remembered that it's sweep picking. I didn't call it sweet picking one time. This oh yeah, week. he every time Dan
1: and I, or every time Aaron and I said sweep picking, S W E E P. Dan thought we were saying sweet, W. Uh, Aaron's been E-P. saying that to me for two years. Yeah, sweet picking.
0: You're yeah. like sweet, <laughs> dude. Sweet, sweet picking. It seems a little self-aggrandizing. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So. Dulcimer Geek is this, we decided when we started this podcast that we were going to do just what we did today. And we recognize that this maybe isn't for everybody.
1: We want you to find another podcast. Don't write and tell us what to do different. Please find another podcast. But if you
0: like this podcast, it would help us to get a review on iTunes.
1: Yeah, if you like it. A bunch of them.
0: I mean, even if you have suggestions, but those things do help. We
1: like suggestions. I'm not trying to run off. But please couch your suggestion in two positive comments. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to do. You don't. To. <laughs> and yeah. please, no more than one negative comment per email, or we will likely think that you oh, are mentally unstable. <laughs> I just had a thought. Like if we got 10. What's Ooh. your So, thought? so what's the, the
0: thought? it's called navel gazing is. Om- navel gazing? Listen, <laughs> it's omphaloskepsis. Omphaloskepsis. I, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Yeah. No, get this. I just had this thought, and I think it's a good one. It's called omphaloskepsis. That's the that's when you stare at your own navel.
1: I've never done that. I can't that's do that. That's weird. So, listen.
0: What? Dulcimer Geek is about being an omphaloskeptic, which thinks... You can't scare, stare at your navel too much.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, like a navel gazer. Yeah. Is that a term I've heard? Yeah, of? a
0: navel gazer. It's somebody who's... Oh. It's like you're looking at yourself too much. But Dulcimer Geek is about looking at this one subject too much, and we're going to always do that.
1: I would rather look cool. at my thoughts than my navel.
0: Yeah, I think that's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad
1: we're all wearing shirts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to an episode of Dulcimer Geek Podcast with Dan Landrum, Aaron O'Rourke, and Steven Seifert. We'll see you next time on Dulcimer Geek Wait a second. We got to do this
0: because we have to get some personal benefit besides just the psychological stuff out of it. What is
1: this about?
0: I thought it was over. Steve's doing a lot of concerts. Uh, Go to his concert window things and watch those concerts because that's the only way you can do what he does. (laughs) Aaron's got books and is doing the same kinds of things. Dulcimer players' news eats up a large part of our lives. Are we able to keep this thing going? No, we are promoting shamelessly because it, we shouldn't be. Yeah, order his feel magazine. Shame. Aaron's <laughs> got like
1: twenty books. Yeah. If
0: you want to be a better player, yeah. check him out. None of us are rich. I'm and doing Guess, what? guess what? We are all in Tennessee. Blue Cross insurance prices. Sixty-two percent increase next year is what they're asking for. Yeah, it is really scary. It's going to get harder and harder for us to stay self-employed musicians. So I'm not. I am saying that for the purpose of if ever your your independent musicians needed people, your support, it's now. People yeah. are
1: totally. They're turning off the
0: podcast. Yeah, that's okay. Right <laughs> but those that are still around, who maybe are like, "Yeah, I meant to resubscribe to Dulcimer
1: Players <laughs> News DP News." I do it now. And also, yeah. if you need a website. We're not going to help you with that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to recommend SquareSpace. Squarespace is awesome. right. Com. But they're
0: not a sponsor. We shouldn't say that, but I'm we still like to say them. it
1: anyway. Yeah, we should say it. We are not sponsored by yeah. them, but we we use them and enjoy them. So that close
0: that Aaron, that uh, Steve did a few minutes ago was like a pre-close. So Aaron, could you go ahead and just close us out of here with something wise? Could you do yes. a benediction of sorts?
2: <laughs> yes. So, um if you don't know what fingers to use, try them all. If you're on the fence about giving someone a hug or not, just see how tense they are. I can't do this. I'm so sorry. I'm wrap right. it up. See you guys next time. Bye. Adios.
0: Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.